Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sex and Spirituality. Happy Hump Day. <laughs> I am your host, Lori Clitty. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you all enjoyed my last episode with the amazing Shannon Russo, Total Queen Vibes. Uh, I strive to be like that. And thanks so much for your feedback. We're almost at 5,000, everyone. It's crazy in a matter of like two weeks. So I appreciate all your support. Please feel free to send me your show suggestions or any comments on Instagram at sex and spirituality pod. I'm going to include all of the links in the show notes today. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about dating after a shitty relationship, getting back out there, navigating how to trust our intuition in dating, super, super important, as well as some green lights and red flags to not ignore. So let's get into today's episode. So let's start with the heavy shit so we can get it, I don't want to say out of the way, but let's end on a light note for today's episode for once. So dating after being in an abusive relationship or a codependent, toxic, unhealthy, dysfunctional, whatever you want to call a relationship could be extremely nerve wracking and complicated as if dating isn't already these things. So if you've experienced any type of domestic violence or abuse, you might have more trouble. You obviously probably have more trouble like connecting with people emotionally. Um, with any potential partners and you probably have a hard time trusting people or you might feel like your ideas about what is healthy and unhealthy in a relationship are warped by your ex-partner. These are all totally normal feelings to have and it's important to be gentle with yourself moving forward because healing is a process and there's no set timeline or right way to do it. So if you'd like to start dating again after experiencing abuse, here are some things to consider. One, I want to say move on, not completely because that could take years, but before you start something new, just know that it's important to make sure that you've coped with what you've experienced in the past because abuse can leave behind physical and emotional scars and a therapist or a counselor could help you work through your pain. And of course, this goes hand in hand with self-care. So one, cut ties with your ex if this is possible. This is a lot harder if you have kids with them. And if it's not possible, make sure you create a safety plan for when you have to interact with them. But mostly before you start a new relationship, make sure, this goes with any relationship, right? Make sure you're able to put the old one behind you. Number two, educate yourself. Learn the signs of healthy and what is not healthy in relationships. This could be very helpful. So try making a list of like healthy relationship characteristics characteristics and respectful partner traits. And then I want you to look for someone who lives up to these standards. Number three, trust your instincts. If you begin dating and start to notice things about your partner that make you uncomfortable, don't please, for the love of God, don't ignore them. Do not minimize questionable behavior and write out like Write out the personality traits that you are hoping for, and if this person doesn't live up to them, don't write it off. If you feel like something's not right, it probably isn't. So if you feel safe talking to your new partner about what you've noticed, then do that and see how they react to being confronted. And this shows us a lot about who people are. 
Number four, practice safe dating. Whether or not you've been in an abusive relationship before, practicing safe dating is so important when starting a new relationship. A few ways to stay safe while dating include making sure you meet your partner at the location of your first few dates rather than letting them drive you, spend time together in public at first, and make sure that someone you trust knows your whereabouts. Now they have the sharing app on the iPhone, so this could also help you figure out if you're able to trust your partner and as the relationship becomes more serious, see if they're respectful of your boundaries. Lastly, take things slow. This goes hand in hand with practicing safe dating, but it's worth saying again. Take your time in getting to know your partner and letting them get to know you if you're looking for a committed relationship. Developing a trusted partnership where both of you are comfortable expressing your needs and thoughts makes sure that the relationship is mutually beneficial and that both of you are happy. So treat your partner with respect and expect that they do the same for you. There's really no need to rush into a relationship. If they seem eager or rush things or get very serious quickly, this could be a red flag, which we'll get into in a second. So both partners should feel good about the pace of the relationship and no one should feel forced or guilted into moving things faster than you're comfortable with. So if you're considering dating after abuse and need a little support, I'd really suggest um, checking out support groups, talking to close friends or family members if you have a treatment team, seeking out an advocate, and really learning the red flags. So some early warning signs that you should not ignore. And this goes for if you're looking for like a long-term relationship. If you're looking for hookups or something casual um, and you don't really care about the person's personality, this might not apply. But when you're in the throes of any kind of dating, online dating, in person, it's easy to want to make something work. It's easy to get excited at like the slightest hint of something normal or someone who can hold a conversation Um, or someone that's cute. So we tend to put on these rose-colored glasses and rationalize behavior that should be hinting at flags ahead. But we need to take the messages our dates are sending at face value because what they're telling you through their words and actions is exactly what you should believe. You want to date someone who already is who you want to date, not someone you're hoping they could become. And that means paying attention to both the positive and negative signs they're sending that reveal their true colors. So from the flaky second date that's just so busy they can't quite commit to an exact time and place, um, it plays out time and time again and then we always end up regretting it and wishing, wishing that we'd listen to what they had to say. So number one red flag, they cancel last minute usually with no plans to reschedule. So I get it. Things come up. You have to stay at work late or a friend has a crisis that needs your attention. And sometimes we have to cancel. But if your day cancels without the suggestion of a rescheduled time, don't send them a follow-up text. When there is like a continued pattern of breaking dates or being too occupied to make plans, that's usually a sign of disinterest. So by canceling last minute, especially without a backup plan, they're sending a clear message that you aren't a priority. Number two, they're always just so busy. I hate this excuse. I'm busy. You're busy. We're all fucking busy. (laughs) I mean, our calendars are always packed. But if a date is always just so busy that they can't commit to a firm time and place or they can't text you every day or at least every other day, they're basically saying, well... 
I can see if I have nothing better to do going on. And you deserve someone who puts plans with you ahead of their tentative, like, happy hour. Even the busiest people make time when they really like someone. Number three, they aggressively criticize someone, particularly an ex. Um, People that trash their ex, especially men who call their ex-girlfriends crazy, ugh, sister, huge fucking red flag. That's not good because you're going to turn into that crazy ex as well. If someone feels comfortable criticizing others, just remember like the tables will turn on you and realize that it takes two to make it and two to break it and actions bring reactions. So there has to be some accountability on both ends. Your date may have been acting in a certain way during the relationship to bring about that crazy making behavior. So watch out for that. Number four, they lay on the compliments and the romance too quick. We call this love bombing. When a new love interest is in like a huge rush in a big hurry to move the relationship from first date to soulmate, um, saying like, you're the one I've been waiting for. You're the most perfect human I've ever seen. They take you to like the most expensive restaurant. Um, They're laying it on thick with the compliments. Do they even know you yet? I want you to ask yourself this. It's great to be courted. It's great to be romantic. It's great for someone to take initiative and invest in you, but you're probably not the first woman to experience this act because this could be a sign of desperation. It could also be a sign of neediness, but most importantly, it's usually an early sign of controlling behavior. Number five, what they say doesn't add up. If your spidey senses are tingling that something about their story doesn't add up, please believe yourself. You have to listen to that internal voice that tells you something doesn't feel right. Because listening to your gut, which we'll get into shortly, will help you to avoid these dating mistakes and potential heartache that can result from falling for someone who isn't who they say they are. I've been there. You don't need to do the research. You don't need to stick around to learn more. Just trust your instincts that you're sensing something isn't adding up. Because if they lie about the little things, what else do you think they'll lie about? And number six, red flag, um, they're rude to service people. Come on, like at this point, we realize if they're rude to one person, it's likely that someday they'll turn that behavior on you. So now that we've talked about warning signs, let's talk about some green flags and positive signs that you shouldn't ignore. Because it's easy to focus on like tiny details with the first date that truly don't matter. So some positive attributes weigh more in the long run, you know? So one, they're consistent. We love this. On the flip side of the canceler and the busy bee, the date is reliable and consistent. They set a time and a place and they keep it. They stick to their word. They take accountability. They act out of a place of integrity and respect. They say they'll call you and they do. Number two, they listen to you. Listening is so underrated. If you're on a date and the person's attention is solely focused on you with thoughtful, like two-way conversations, insightful questions, no one upping, you found someone worth getting to know better. Number three, they offer to pick you up or drive you or drive to you. We love this. Someone that goes out of their way for you. So a partner that focuses on acts of service is someone that you'll want in your life for the long haul. So these are great signs, signs that they're respectful of your time, they're responsible, and they really care to get to know you versus just wanting to see what you can give to them. 
So now turning it over to the most important point I want to make in dating, following our intuition. You know, when we're having trouble making decisions in our love lives or life in general, people say, just follow your gut. Um, But it's kind of far from easy, especially if we've been in a less than ideal relationship. So when you're dating someone new, you can be blinded by sexual attraction, something illogical, the way they smell, the way their voice sounds, if their astrological charts match, that's me. Um, This can create a very powerful physical attraction, even when the person might be completely wrong for you. Yet you try to make excuses for them, like, oh, they'll quit drinking soon. They'll fall in love with me when they see how wonderful I am. Our intuition gets silenced by the sexual chemistry. So a few tips on tuning into your intuition. (sighs) One, well, first point here. We're so often better at giving other people advice than we are taking our own. So to access our intuition, try to imagine this person dating as your best friend. What would you tell her if she tells you repeatedly that this person doesn't contact her often. What would you suggest if she makes excuses for their rudeness? I want you to see it because a lot of times we have easier time trusting analytical and logical things, rational things. So write out all of the negative behaviors on a piece of paper and see if you would accept them from a friend you are not dating. Try to be objective. Um, it's very challenging, but very worth it. Number So number one is imagine you are your best friend. Number two, make a preference list. Another way to evaluate a prospect is to create a list of your deal breakers. If you stay present, you can see how your new person stacks up to your list of preferences and deal breakers. If your date does something that resonates with your list, we'll often get a twinge or a gut feeling that this person either feels right or triggered a red flag. As long as you know what you're looking for in a potential partner and have that all tucked away, it will resurface at the time. So please don't put like put it aside. I want you to evaluate it, analyze it, and trust it. Number three, this goes more so for online dating. Meet in person as soon as possible. It's easier to get an into like an intuitive visceral reaction, a vibe when we're face to face. It's also harder to drown out our intuition this way. So meet your prospective date in person for coffee or whatever before you start texting and calling excessively. Because if you don't do this, you might get caught up in your thoughts or fantasies and emotions can take center stage. So the sooner you meet someone, the easier it will be for you to trust your intuition so you will not be clouded by your dreams. Number four, stay focused. When you're on a date with someone, pay attention to what they're saying and doing. Otherwise, you can start to get caught up in like your projections onto them. It's very easy to get swayed by someone's appearance or the words they say or the attraction sparks. If you manage to stay focused and present in the moment, you can catch on to any red flags that may be there because you won't be thinking so much about your future with them before you have a chance to get to know them better. And I don't want to sound cynical and be like, you have to look for all these person's negative qualities, don't trust anyone. But I want you to realize that old famous saying, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. 
I think we should all give people the benefit of the doubt, but when we start getting bad vibes from people, we have to trust that. So while it may feel like love at first sight, it could just be wishful thinking and lust. If you're present, you'll see the person for who they are and your intuition will support you. Sometimes we kind of just know. Number five, obviously, meditate on it. Meditation is a great way to tune into your Ajna center, your third eye. Um, And during the early stages of a new relationship, it's really helpful to meditate before and after a date. Because if you meditate, you'll be centered, grounded, and balanced and be able to see things as they are. If you're stuck, you can also seek guidance and get answers ask for clarity after meditating or before meditating. You want to be living moment by moment so we don't get all up in our head and start overthinking and overanalyzing because this shuts down our intuition. Obviously, number six, look for signs. If you ask the universe a question, um, we often find signs in our environment to answer it. So be really open to the idea that the universe is always supporting you and showing you if this person is a good match or not. Number seven, try to tune in when you're apart. People who are true matches may have an almost telepathic connection where you can feel each other's presence when you're not together. So if you're anxious and feeling like this isn't going to work out, something's wrong, know that's your intuition speaking. It's that still small voice that so often we overdrown it with the, you know, all of the statistical and like environmental stimuli so please don't push it don't despair if something doesn't work out if someone goes to thank them for showing you who they are because why would you want to be bothered with that person anyway that has such little respect for you and such little human decency so know that if something doesn't work out the universe will bring you a better match number eight I want you to set an intention, uh, intentional dating. Before a big conversation with someone you're dating, set intentions for a discussion, a conversation, ask the discussion and the outcome are in everyone's highest and best interest. Then take time to write out maybe a script if that helps on what you would say and what you want to hear from the other person and see like this comes down to the goal of attraction. Write down your dream soulmate, true love, relationship and work on manifesting it. Another tip for energetic dating is to wear lighter colors on dates. I know this sounds all woo-woo, we love it, Um, but lighter colors leave us more open to energies actually. So I love black, it's probably my favorite shade to wear, but wearing it on a first date blocks your energy from the other person. It also blocks your energy from yourself to be able to access your intuition. If you're really into metaphysical and spiritual shit, maybe bring a crystal with you. Crystal quartz helps us to open the mind and the heart to higher guidance and enhances clarity. So you can just slip it into your bag or your pocketbook or wear it on your neck as a necklace to tap into and heighten your intuitive powers. I also want you to pay attention to body language. One way our intuition speaks to us is our ability to read others' body language. When we're on a date, make sure you tune into the nonverbal cues that they're sending. If their arms are crossed, they could be, you know, blocking you from their energy. I'd suggest flirtatious touching, obviously consensual um, and friendly, like on the hand or the arm or the shoulder. You can kind of feel like 
a connection from their touch or a lack of connection. Make sure to obviously look into their eyes if they're not making eye contact or their energy is elsewhere because energy travels. So if you can sit and be calm and focus on the person, you can kind of feel their spirit speak to you. You can tune into your intuition and the psychic language between you and another person. Uh, Sometimes we don't need words to determine if a connection exists. So lastly here, tapping into your intuition certainly isn't easy. (laughs) It's a practice. It's a daily commitment, but in dating, being able to understand and listen to our gut feelings can really make or break us. It can save us and transform the way we approach our love life. So by setting intentions and paying attention to signs from the person you're dating and staying focused, it will help and it will get you off to a better start. So I want to wrap up here by saying something that I am reading a book by Charlotte Castle. She's a doctor and she wrote the book, If the Buddha Got Stuck, um, If the Buddha Dated, and If the Buddha Got Married. And she said something that really resonated with me in there. She said that, The people we date or are attracted to are mirroring onto us disowned parts of ourselves. So it's really all about projection, right? I took this as, and I understood it as, it makes sense because I'm a very, I can be a very passive, submissive person. I could be very docile and non-confrontational and I hate conflict. So in the past, before my baby Nick, who's super healthy and emotionally intelligent, which is so sexy, but before him, I did a lot of men with abuse, like abuse, substance abuse, violence, anger problems. They were very controlling, very explosive. And this makes sense to me because as someone that's a people pleaser as someone that could be a doormat and have trouble saying no and speaking my voice it makes sense I would attract people that are the mirror opposite so just keep this in mind that the people that we tend to like or love really show us a disowned part of ourselves so how could you tap into your power how could you be intentional and own up to and own and embrace all those dark shadow parts of ourselves so i just want to leave you with that question some food for thought to think about as we navigate our dating lives and just try to better ourselves in order to make our interpersonal relationships the very best that we could be so i hope you found this helpful i hope part of this resonated with you please feel free to send me your feedback Um, thank you so much for listening today and i hope you have a very sexy Thank you.